Hello, welcome to Thy Kingdom Come, Day 7. We're still looking at the facts of the Gospel, and today we're looking at Jesus' Gospel as in Luke chapter 4. Throughout the writings of St. Luke, the Gospel of Jesus is good news about actual living conditions, especially for the poor. In Luke 4, Jesus goes to his hometown of Nazareth, and he reads from the prophet Isaiah chapter 61, which says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to tell the poor the good news. He has sent me to announce release to the prisoners and sight to the blind, to set the wounded victims free, to announce the year of God's special favour. Now, this sort of thing, of course, doesn't sit well with those who imagine that Jesus was simply trying to explain how to get people into heaven. And a more difficult problem, Jesus in his public career doesn't seem to have gone about getting prisoners released. Certainly his own cousin, John the Baptist, was disappointed on that score. Yes, Jesus was restoring sight to the blind, and he was giving healing to the physically and mentally and emotionally wounded, but he was doing something altogether larger as well. He was announcing the ancient promise and command of Jubilee. Now, the point of the Jubilee in Leviticus chapter 25, nobody knows, by the way, whether it ever was really implemented in the national life of the people of Israel, but the point of the Jubilee was that every 49 years there would be a kind of super sabbatical in which everyone would be able to reclaim ancestral property. Those who'd been impoverished in the meantime would be reimbursed, slaves would be freed, and of course there would be a great party, a great celebration. It was, after a fashion, a twice-a-century re-enactment of the Exodus. The God who set the slaves free intended that they should live as setting-free people. Just as Jesus chose Passover, the Exodus festival, for his final act, so he chose this social and economic Passover symbol to express his vision of God's kingdom coming on earth as in heaven. And it went with the double meaning embedded in the Lord's Prayer itself, forgive us our debts, not just our sins. And some of Jesus' sharp sayings referred directly to this aspect of his programme. Now this was, of course, good news for many. The appeal of Jesus' own gospel message, and then of the gospel message of Paul and the others, was backed up by a new way of life, in which the poor would be taken care of. This was built into the DNA of Jesus' movement from the very start, even during Jesus' public career. In Paul's earliest writings, he tells how the Jerusalem apostles were eager that he should go on remembering the poor, and that, he said, was what he himself was eager to do. We in the modern West have all but forgotten this part of the Gospel. Indeed, our eagerness for going to heaven may sometimes look like an excuse not to have to worry about that stuff. But Luke was very clear. The first Christians formed a sharing community. The Greek word agape, love, referred at least as much to looking after those in need as to how people felt in their hearts while they were doing it. Some of the schemes dreamt up by modern economists seem to be trying to get the results of the Christian gospel without paying the price of allegiance to Jesus. How wonderful it would be to have as the matrix for evangelism 
communities that were living that good news the way that Jesus and his followers intended. The way to bring the kingdom into reality is to become a follower of the king.